This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging Podcast with Corey Connors, brought to you by Landsberg Aurora. I'd like to welcome my very good friend today, Mr. Avelio Matos. Hey, Corey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being on my show. You and I have developed a a really great relationship over social media and and all the things that we do. We'll get into that. But um, Velo, you're the creative director of packaging. You're the the founder and host of two podcasts. One of my favorite is Package Design Unboxed. Absolutely an amazing podcast. Tell us about yourself, man. How did you get started as a designer in this world? Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you know. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, you're right. I, I do package design unboxed, and then also have a packaging podcast. Um, you know, I I started you know long ago, man. Just I was a, I was I was a kid growing up. My dad was you know would illustrate, do tons of great illustrations. You know, he taught me how to draw. Um, I love drawing. Awesome. You know, growing up, I wanted to be a chef, which was kind of weird. But my dad worked in, in, in restaurants and hotels and I was always in the kitchen. And I, I, that was like, my life was geared towards that. And I always drew. Mm. As, I, as I got older, I spent a lot of time in restaurants. And then I realized, even though I was really passionate about cooking and cooking for people, I didn't like cooking for money. Like that just ruined it. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I was in the Marine Corps. I was drawing out tattoos for people. I was doing t-shirts for different units. And I said, you know, I'm just going to lean into this, you know, illustrating thing, you know, and, and I, I, I got a job at a design agency where I would do, you know, I would do everything from like get coffee to make copies just to be in that environment. And then one day they're like, Hey, we, you know, we've got to do this big invitation for this big event that they're having. It was like big, I can't remember what it was like, uh, it was a big Ferrari thing where, they drive I don't know, like 50 or 60 Ferraris up and down the coast. I think like Mario Andretti, you know, heads up the wow. whole thing. And they're like, we've got all this stock art that we're going to use. Like, can you do something better? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I went home. I had like a glass, had a glass kitchen table and I put my lamp underneath it and I used it as like a light board. Right. I came back in the next morning and I'd drawn out all these different car options and every single one of them got used. And then seeing wow. those out like in the market, in Southern California was, I don't know, it was exciting. And at that point I was hooked. I'm like, all right, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went to, you know, I spent some time at art school, spent some time working at different companies and I really focused on illustrating. So I, I was working at U-Haul in Arizona hmm. where they do those big, huge graphics on the sides of the vehicle. Yeah. And I was working on the, in the, in the art department and my friend Steve is the illustrator behind those amazing graphics. So together with him, you know, I just, I learned a ton. And they were launching a new product that required, it was software and it required a box and nobody wanted to do a box. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll do it. I'll figure it out. And I cut up this box. I built it and I, you know, did the graphics and, you know, collaborated with a couple of their crew members. And once the thing hit the market again, I was hooked. It that's was so cool. right. It's like, I could see it. I could call, you know, my friends, my parents, whoever and go, Hey, go to the store. I made this entire box. Like the way that the, 
the front opens, the way that, you know, it messages you throughout that entire experience. Like that was all, you know, concepted and developed by me and the team that I was with. And it just felt great. So at that point, I'm like, all right, illustration's great, but unless I'm going to be, you know, illustrating, you know, being an illustrator is amazing, but it's really not that easy. You know, <laughs> it's Good really, point. it's really hard to make a living as a full-time illustrator and packaging was just such a new thing that I just, I just jumped into it and there wasn't anybody out there really doing um, anything, you know, anything special. So that's kind of how I fell into packaging. And that was, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago. I've been hooked since. Well, thank you for your service as a, as a Marine. We, we do appreciate that. And as a, an American and, um, I, I think that's a really cool story about how you drew tattoos and how I just, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Uh, I know you've, you've actually even started a few agencies. Do you want to kind of speak to those a little bit and tell us about um, how you've grown them? And yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I know like, you know, one of the things that I did after, after leaving U-Haul and, you know, and building my own, you know, I, I built my own agency out of, out of my house. I kind of grew that to a, a great place. After that nice. point, I joined, I was asked to, to join a, a packaging distributor, right? So this company was a small company here in Arizona and they, you know, they bought packaging from different vendors and they would resell it. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of these companies out there in the country, right? There's a lot of little small mom and pop resellers. And these guys asked me to come on like, Hey, you know, we don't have a, an art department. We don't do a lot of creative and we're just designing, or we're just producing what, what the brands are telling us you know, can you come on, on board and kind of, and build something for us, like help us build this design studio. And, you know, I took that challenge on, I spent 12 years building out this small mom pop shop into, you know, a global, globally recognized design agency. Wow. And, you know, that was amazing. So I was working with cosmetics and fashion brands and just, you know, just some really amazing brands and throughout the entire process, you know, I learned so much from the clients that I was working with but also from the manufacturing partners that they had, you know, all the different factories, all of the you know, different product suppliers. And, you know, I really got into the production side of it and I just, I just loved it. Yeah. Right. Cause you can, you can solve and design amazing packaging if you understand the entire production process. So just geeking out on that was, was amazing. And one of the things that I'd learned was the fact that a lot of the agencies that would, that would come to this distributor for support, they were looking for like structural support. They're like, Hey, we've got great branding. We've got this, we're launching this new brand for this, for this client, but you know, how can we develop new packaging? How can we develop new structures? And just realizing that there was no, nobody out there selling like white label structures. So, yeah. So I built out a separate agency an in-house, you know, I was more of an entrepreneur. So it was like building an entire separate company for this distributor and all that department did was just build out structures and just focused on user experience. At the time, I'd been editor-in-chief of the dialine.com. I'd been uh, you know, an editor for those guys for, for a long time. They asked me to, to be the editor-in-chief for a little bit. And you know, having that access to all these agencies, all these wonderful teams around the world, again, it was everybody needed structure and nobody was talking about it. So I, I really leaned into that. And um, it was just a, yeah, it was a great learning experience. It was definitely grew as a professional, you know, having built out an agency for the distributor and then also building out a separate agency for, you know, for structure. It was amazing. Then, you know, after that, I actually, I went and I worked for a company called Veritive. Those guys are 
gigantic, a behemoth, you know, people know them mostly for facilities and some other stuff they do, but they're, you know, a a large packaging manufacturer. And those guys had seen the two agencies that I built and how, how those have grown through social, you know, they went from like zero followers to, you know, 20,000 followers in a matter of, of, of time on, you know, different, ah. different platforms. I'd released uh, two books. They were called Packaging and Die Lines 1 and Packaging and Die Lines 2. Oh. And those books, you know, had like 3 million down individually, which were, which were crazy. And just, you know, all these different marketing techniques that I'd built to <laughs> really just for myself, because I thought they were so much fun. You know, if I was a student, <laughs> I would want somebody to give me this information so I built out that information and, you know, Meredith was like, we're building, we want to build an in-house agency. We want you to do the same thing you did here in here. So with the team of people, you know, I built that, I built that out. And I don't want to say I built that out because it feels like it was all me. It was an entire team, but sure. I was part of that process, right? Like, here's the vision. Here's how we do it. Here's how you create a proposal. Here's how you, you know, how you phase out this uh, packaging process. You know, here's the types of things you want to ask up front. Here's how you onboard a client. Here's how you like all those little details that go into actually building out an agency that isn't just creative. Right. Right. It's all the everyday things. I came on and I built that out once that was launched and, and ready and live. I handed that, handed that off and I, I left and kind of went, you know, went on my own. It seems like you're really best on your own. You, you've, you've found your niche and your, your work in the high-end packaging industry is uh, world-renowned. And I'm not saying that just because you're my friend. I'm saying that because you are world-renowned as uh, one of the top packaging designers. And so kudos to you for all of your history and everything that you've built. It's really awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And, and so like now I'm working, you know, I'm helping out, um, you know, I'm collaborating with a, with a company called IDP. They're a sponsor on, on the podcast and those guys work with some amazing, amazing brands. And what's interesting with those guys is like, they're a factory direct manufacturer. So coming from the distribute distributor world yep. where you're going out and trying to find the cheapest manufacturer in order to build a margin, working with a, with a factory that actually produces the packaging and there's like no, you know, distributor model. It's really interesting. So I've learned a ton, you know, collaborating with those guys and then just working with like some startups, learning, I think just learning a lot about myself. Yeah. I love, I love the ramp up phase, mm-hmm. right? Where there's like, what are the ideas? How are we going to get this in the market right away? I, I love that, that phase. Same thing with ideas, right? Working with, with an existing large brand, but they're like, okay, we're going to make, we're going to pivot. We want to move into sustainable packaging. And there's like this big ramp up phase, like looking at materials, looking at processes, looking right. at design capability, looking at, you know, all the different things that make sustainable packaging a reality. Like, I love that part. Once the system is in place and packaging being produced and they want to change a small detail, right? you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you like to do the hard part in, in most people's eyes. That's the most difficult part is starting from a, a paper napkin in a, at a bar stool and going to actual fruition. I see that as the easy part. I see the, yeah. the, 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 tedious, yeah. I see the tedious side as the hard part. It's just so difficult to get up in the morning and go like, Oh my God, I got to look at that same box one more time. And I got to rewrite the ingredients panel. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Use make yeah. the 35th flavor. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So big question for you. The, this podcast is about sustainable packaging. Mm-hmm. Can packaging be sustainable? Yeah, I think you, know, you and I were having a little conversation before we started recording and absolutely packaging can be sustainable. You know, we're looking at just so many new materials that are coming on the market. And I think the the most difficult thing or the obstacle that brands face in becoming, you know, delivering sustainable packaging is confusion and almost too much information out there. And what I mean by that is there's a million different materials that are coming on market. There's a new one that I read about. It was like, there's, there are enzymes built into the plastic so that when, you know, it gets, there's a certain amount of water and a certain amount of temperature, the plastic begins to break down at a molecular level, which sounds great, but there's no infrastructure to collect that and to process that separately. So, you know, if a brand wants to use that plastic because it has this great story, awesome. And that company that's making that plastic will grow and that's great for them. But at the end of the day, when a consumer gets that plastic bottle, they're going to throw it in the recycle bin. They're going to throw it in with their plastics. It's going to go to a recycling plant and it's going to process with just regular old PET bottles. And what, you know, on the consumer side, they're like, all right, well, plastic bottle is a plastic bottle. How, how can that damage things? But you're weakening the entire system. You know, you're delivering a product that's meant to break down into a system that isn't meant to break down. And I think that's a, the biggest challenge, you know, having a conversation with a client this morning, it's like, yes, there's a million of these materials out there, but because recycling is a business, they have to make money. You know, you've got to look at what they're able to sell. They're able to resell paper you know, corrugate, cardboard, you know, they're able to sell PET and really beyond those materials, you know, you're not going to find very much, you know, some, you know, like in Florida, a lot of, a lot of recyclers, they do, they'll recycle plastics one through seven, which is, which is amazing. But across the country, typically you're only going to get recycling in like one, two, maybe. So again, it's, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not across the board. It's not, everybody doesn't do the same thing. So trying to trying to really keep your your product and your packaging materials to a minimum, you know, makes sense. Sticking with the stuff that actually gets recycled makes sense. Seeing all these great products that are coming on the market is awesome, but until the infrastructure is there to actually support those, it's hurting the system versus helping the system. Yeah. So yeah. So can can we get recyclable? Can you know? Can uh, packaging be sustainable? Absolutely. We just have to stop looking for the next big thing we have to focus on works now and just really lean into that. Yeah. Let's eliminate greenwashing and let's actually make packaging out of stuff. That's easy to recycle. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and tell the customers and the the people like us out there that care, here's how you recycle it. I think that's it. It's not, it's not, it's not sexy. That's the problem. (laughs) Well, back to basics. We're trying to make it sexy, right? Yeah, that's us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people know how to get in shape, right? Yeah. Don't eat so much and, you know, do some sit-ups. But everybody's out there looking for the next big thing. I've got to get this app. I've got to get this, you know, this belt. I got to get this, you know, hat, whatever it is that they've got to do. (laughs) Just, you know, stick to the basics and it works. And that's the same with sustainability. A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSolve pioneers certified 
bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste. Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero waste. If zero waste packaging interests you, please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com. I totally agree. I'm excited about the future of packaging. Mm-hmm. I think we, we can do this together if we all work towards that mission. Yeah, absolutely. I, wanted, I wanted to talk to you about something that you and I are both, I think, big fans of, and that's reusable packaging mm-hmm. or circular economy concepts. Do you think those will be a large part of the future of packaging? Yeah, you know, I think so. I, I do like the idea of reusable packaging. I mean, a lot of the stuff that in a lot of the brands and industries that I work, reusable is used incorrectly. So with fashion brands and you know luxury brands, reusable packaging means it's their same box, but because it's such a high-end brand or it's such a nice box, people are going to reuse it. And it's always, oh, I want people to put their jewelry in here, or I want people to put their yeah. sweaters Keep, in here. Keepsake, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, this keepsake pack. You know, how many items can you, how many boxes can you actually keep, right? You know, <laughs> how much room do you actually have to store these things? You know, and I always say like on a long enough timeline, this stuff is going to go to the landfill. So what happens at end of life? Let's, let's design for that. But when we're talking about like truly reusable packaging, like the loop system, like some of these, some of these that you have shared with like the, the wine companies that are, you know, you send back that packaging you know, all those solutions are great solutions and they really make sense. They pay for themselves after a certain amount of, of use. That's the one thing, right? It, it just depends on, on each one. You know, they may pay back uh, within 30 uses, sometimes like a hundred uses. You know, there's the grocery bag totes that you get at the grocery store, right? The reusable totes. You got to use those like 300 times before they actually make a difference. And by like the 10th time, somebody's always buying the next reusable tote, or you're going to a, a store that hands you a new reusable tote. I've got like 30 reusable totes, you know, yeah. hidden in a closet somewhere because you just get so many of them that you just can't reuse. So again, it's like, will that system be beneficial? Will it be a part of the future? Absolutely. Are right. there brands that are overdoing it? hundred percent. And they're the ones that kind of screw it up for the rest of us, right? They screw up that system. I agree. I, I do like the idea of like Haagen-Dazs in Europe with the uh, reusable ice cream, you know, uh, container. I think that's really cool. So we'll see where that goes. I, I'm excited about it. So what, what tips would you give a new packaging designer as someone who's been through the ringer and earned your stripes? What would you tell somebody new starting? What should they focus on? What should they learn to be sustainable in packaging? Yeah, absolutely. So anybody that, that's starting out in packaging, there's a lot. You know? Right. That's um, a big question. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a huge question. First, it's just about passion, right? Focusing on the user experience, focusing on end of life. Like those are the two areas that you really need to, to focus on. Don't worry so much about the graphics. Don't worry so much about, I don't know. It, there's like this thing that always goes through my head when I talk to young designers and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm attending a, a community college, but I want to get into packaging and I'm never going to get to this level because I'm not attending art center or I'm not attending, you know, 
MSU or, or Clemson or whatever packaging school or design school they feel right. is, you know, has an advantage. And, you know, I always tell them, look, if you're passionate about this, if you feel that this is where you want to focus, it doesn't matter what school you go to. You know, I've seen plenty of resumes from students from these schools that, that, you know, don't hold a candle to you. So, right. you know, it's just about, it's about you. It's the student, not the school. So yeah, focus on, you know, the user experience. That's one area that people, that a lot of packaging designers are going to fail because they're focusing so much on the graphics. You know, how is this going to look in my portfolio Right. versus how is this going to compete on shelf? And, you know, what competes on shelf may not be the most beautiful pack that you could have designed, but it's the most effective and that's the case for sustainability. You know, it may not be this groundbreaking innovation. It just might be the right solution. <laughs> you know, it might just be something that fulfills faster, um, you know, has a good unboxing experience and is smaller than it was before using materials that are easily recyclable. It's not, it's not sexy, right? It's what works and packaging isn't this art form that's, you know, that's displayed at the MoMA. It's something that's got to make money and be recyclable. And if you can focus on those two things, you'll have a great career in packaging, you know, being sustainable, making sure that your pack assembles properly. Like this is, you know, like I've got, uh, there's a, there's a beard Papa near me. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with these guys. No. At beard Papa, they do cream puffs. Oh, and, cool. and the, yeah, delicious cream puffs. But, you know, I got this box because, you know, the outside graphics, no big deal. It's yellow with this, with this blue face. You know, it's like a gabled style box, but, it, you know, it has an auto lock bottom. But the interior of this thing, I love it. You know, I've built, and the truth is I built the box with a similar bottom construction years ago, but I could not remember how to build this die line. And I've been racking my, I've been racking my brain. And then I went to Beard Papa and I got a cream puff and I opened it up and lo and behold, it has a full bottom panel in the auto lock construction. So I'm like, right, give me, I'm like, give me two more boxes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this auto lock and it has this full panel on the inside, which is great. Cause it just gives you full coverage. You don't see the openings. You don't see all the folds. And it's like something as simple as that, which is not a difficult solution. It's something that you can, you know, you can come up with that can make a difference in a, in a user's experience, whether it's the consumer or the, the staff member at the store, you know, right. those are the things that matter. That's what makes packaging work. And they're the not going to fall out of the bottom as they go home. Right. Yeah. And you're not going to leave, you're not going to leave a crummy mess on your car seat or where, you know, wherever, but yeah. And it's a great solution. It's using a C1S board, fully, fully recyclable. And again, it's not groundbreaking, but it's effective. Right. I love that. Well, how do we get a hold of you, Avelio? What's the best way to reach you? Yeah. I mean, anybody who wants to talk to me, if, if you're a student going through school and you're, you're interested in learning more about packaging, I mean, I'm happy to answer any questions. If you're a young designer, I, I get these calls quite a bit. They're like, you know, I'm a designer. I'm a designer too. I want to get to a designer three you know, how can I do, how can I go about it? Or I've even had a conversation with several designers where they're like, I'm getting a promotion and my, they're, they're offering me a 3% bonus. You know, here's what I've done for the last two years. Does that make sense? And these are people that I've never met in my life. And I'm happy to have that call and that conversation with them because 
sometimes you just want to know. Sometimes you just want to bounce that, you know, bounce that off of somebody and, and kind of learn where, where you're at. Or if you're a brand and you're looking for new packaging, new concepts, new development, want to know how to make something, looking for a manufacturer that can make something, you know, reach out to me. And I think the best way that you can find me is you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm there all day, you know, so it's Evelio Matos, or you can find me on any of the social platforms. And that is at Evelio Matos. I use it the same for all, all social, you know, Twitter, Instagram, I'm everywhere, but I'm on LinkedIn daily. So if you want to find me, find me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Evelio. I appreciate you. Yeah, Corey, man, thank you so much for having me on here. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been great to get to know you and, and build this, uh, you know, build this little community that we're, that we're growing. Love it. You, you too, my friend. You can, and you can also find us on, on Clubhouse once a week. We host a weekly room yep. with uh, Adam Peake, uh, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard. So that's another place. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, man. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.